Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning to you siblings. Today's readings are Genesis 19 through 21. Rabbit Trails A note, our group is very large and we are just now getting into the Word this year, but having covered so much already, one of the things I've noticed is that it can be natural for us in the early stages of getting into the Word, after being in the world, to question Yahweh for allowing things to happen. You see, the world teaches us to blame Yahweh for things that we do, assuming that he was okay with what happened simply by the nature of it happening. Understanding comes when we turn that around and realize that just because a human did something does not mean that Yahweh sanctioned it, even in the Bible. As I've said, the Bible does not whitewash our spiritual forefathers. We see them do stupid things. We see them lack faith. We see the Father reveal a plan, and when He doesn't act fast enough in their minds, they decide they must take matters into their own hands. This happens time and again. Today, when mankind does stupid or evil stuff, we tend to blame the Father for allowing us to. That tendency can bleed over into our reading of the Word. I encourage you to step back from these stories and begin to see the developing pattern of Yahweh's way versus man's way. As humans, we tend to be defensive and question Yahweh first when we should question our own actions first instead. Instead of judging man by Yahweh's standards, we tend to judge Yahweh by man's standards. Just be aware when you see yourself doing this and start turning it around. This will transform your understanding of Yahweh's Word. Remember, He is the straight edge to which all else must line up, not the other way around. Another thing to keep in mind, we live in a time of sound bites, cliff notes, and one-sentence summaries of news stories that would have been pages long just two decades ago. And so, we come to the Bible, the most important book we will ever read, with that soundbite attention span. The two do not go together. The Father reveals Himself to each of us in His time, as we are ready, according to His will and purpose. Even if you have spent a lifetime never reading or studying the Word, do not feel as if you have now entered a race. You are here to learn. You have set your heart to read, and hopefully do, His Word. And He's honoring that. We are given a lot of information today. You do not have to eat everything on the table, and you do not have to clean your plate. It's okay if you read it, take what you can, and then allow time to digest. The goal has never been to read the Bible one time. The goal is to become a Bible reader. You will come around the bin again. However, if the pace feels a bit much, I have some advice that will change everything. Rather than reduce your time in the Word, increase it. Find something else in your life that isn't fruitful and give that up instead of giving up your time with the Father. 
I know this seems to go against reason, but trust me on this, or rather, trust him. Do you trust him? If you do, when tempted to step back away from him, step closer instead. So much happens in our readings today, but I want to pull back a bit and talk about the big picture when it comes to Lot and his choices. In looking at this story, we are told that Abraham and Lot were very wealthy in both possessions and livestock. So wealthy that the land could not support both of them. In Genesis 13, verses 5 through 6, we read, And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Abraham decided to be generous and give Lot his choice of the land, taking for himself whatever Lot did not choose. Lot chose what he felt was best of the land and separated from Abraham. This is disheartening, but we see his current character coming out. Now, when we return to Lot again, we find that although he had great wealth in huge flocks when he left Abraham, he is now living in a house inside the city walls of Sodom. I don't think for a minute that Lot didn't know full well that Sodom was located in the area he chose to go, and I'm sure the reputation of the city was well known to all. He left Abraham as a wealthy man with more than enough land to graze his flocks and live in peace, and in a short amount of time moved his entire family within the city walls of one of the most perverse cities in history up until that point. Think about this in relation to how parents make decisions on where to move today. If we have a family and decide to move, we look at how well the schools perform, if the crime rates are low, the culture of the community, etc. Lot had a choice between beautiful pasture land as far as the eye could see and a city whose whose culture was known as complete debauchery. And he essentially says, that's where I want to go right there, in the middle of everything, where the parties never stop, the wine flows constantly, and anything goes. It appears that this is a man who hasn't put his family before his own desires. From there, we see decision after decision that leads him further down this path, which grows darker by the day. And yet, this path is studded with opportunities to turn back, moments where his uncle intercedes for him, and clear instances where decisions are being made time and again that will take him either towards or away from Yahweh. He chooses to go further each time. Even when the angels lead him out of the city and they suggest he go to the hills, he chooses to head towards another city instead, still preferring the ways of the world to the peace of a godly life. This is hard to read, but you know what's even harder? Living it. God gave Lot many opportunities to be separated from the world and walk in his ways, even going so far as to send angels to rescue him. But at this point, Lot chose the world. If our lives were examined, would the Father find us doing the same? Think about this for past, present, and future reference. Definitely something to think on. But there's a bright note to Lot's story that should also encourage us. I know it encourages me greatly. Check out 2 Peter 2 7 for another perspective of Lot's story that caused me to reconsider my limited view. From this text, we can see that Lot's choices may have either had different motivation than we realize, or he had found himself like that prodigal son waking up in the pig pen 
and realized where he truly wanted to be. All of this reminds me of the words of Yahweh in one of Moses' farewell speeches from my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. This is from Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 20. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. More Notes Hagar and Ishmael being exiled. It is important to note that the Bible does not whitewash our forefathers. They were fallible men and women, and at times we see the truth of this. Yahweh's word shows us that he sees all, the good, the bad, the ugly. And yet he still offers a way back to him, grace upon grace. But does this mean we do not have consequences for our behavior? Absolutely not. The harsh treatment of Hagar and Ishmael will go on to have ramifications that still resonate today. Genesis 19.31 leads us to believe it is possible that Lot's daughters thought the entirety of mankind had been destroyed. The sisters remark on how there is not a man left on earth who can father their children other than their father. Note that they witnessed the astounding destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Genesis 19.28 tells us that the next morning, from a distance, Abraham saw dense smoke rising up from the area like a furnace. The two sons born of sin between Lot and his daughters are called Moab and Ammon. In Deuteronomy 23.3, we will see that these two tribes are singled out as ones for God's people to avoid. It reads, No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, not even in the tenth generation. Now, Lot has left quite the legacy in how he chose to live his life on his own terms, rebelling against Yahweh's wisdom, at least for a time. A pattern for his descendants has been set. But hang on to your hats, because as we continue to read, we'll see the rest of the story. Thought for the day. In what ways are we choosing the world over Yahweh in our lives. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. He is the only source of good. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.